Bible Treasures Topic 7 Holiness Welcome to the Sound Doctrine Telecast. Praise God for all the corrective teaching we receive through this series of talks. The subject we are studying during the last four weeks is Biblical Holiness. There are three outstanding characteristics for our Jehovah God. One is omnipotence. The other is omnipresence. And the third one is omniscience. Omnipotence means he can do everything. Omnipresence means he is everywhere. Omniscience means he knows everything. But unfortunately, today, the stress in Christian circles is exclusively on the omnipotence of God. We don't spend enough time on his characteristics of omnipresence and omniscience. In other words, we do not live with the realization that God is everywhere watching everything. But here the Bible says in 2nd Chronicles 16th chapter and 9th words, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Here God says, where I find purity of heart, there I am ready to manifest my power. In other words, purity precedes power. Praise God for the renewed interest in the person and work of the Holy Spirit all over Christendom. But there again, the stress and emphasis is very much on the spirit aspect of it. In other words, His moving, mighty, dynamic power. But we do not spend enough time on His character, Holy Spirit, that holiness is set aside. This series of talks is restore the biblical emphasis to the subject of holiness through a corrective teaching. And our topic before us is how not to sanctify. So far we have done four lessons. Lesson number one. Do not depend on your strength. Lesson number two. Do not forget your responsibility. Lesson number three. Do not become sin conscious. Last week we studied lesson number four. Do not give excuses for failures. Today we will move on to lesson number five. How not to sanctify. Do not overlook the sins of omission. Do not overlook the sins of omission. Sins can be categorized into two types. One, sins of commission. The next one is sins of omission. 
you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal. Now all these things come under sins of commission. But when you come to the sins of omission, we have a beautiful definition in book of James, 4th chapter, 17th words. To him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Beloved, we normally call the sins of commission as sins. But while referring to sins of omission, we simply call them as failures. But in the sight of God, the sins of commission as well as the sins of omission are equally serious. See two verses in book of Ephesians and fourth chapter and see how God treats them alike. 28th verse of Ephesians 4. Let him who stole steal no longer. That is relating to sin of commission. But God then deals with the sin of omission. But rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to him who has need. Stop stealing. Now that refers to sin of commission. But try to earn money to give to the poor, that if you fail, that is sin of omission. And it is again exemplified in verse 29. No corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That refers to sins of commission. But what is the sin of omission? But what is good for necessary edification that may import grace to the hearers? Speaking bad words, that is sin of commission. Failing to speak good words, that falls under the sin of omission. Today we are going to look at certain passages to speak about or to understand what exactly God means by the sins of omission. First of all, failure in charity is a sin of omission. Turn with us for some example passages, Daniel 4th chapter. Here is Daniel speaking to King Nebuchadnezzar. O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Are you able to see holiness and charity connected here? Come with us to Luke's Gospel 11th chapter to another classic passage. Read verse 41 for you. Give alms of such things as you have, then indeed all things are clean to you. What a beautiful words God has given to us. Come again to the book of Nehemiah and the 8th chapter. 10th verse. He said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared because... This day is holy to our God. This is a day holy unto the Lord. Therefore, send portions for whom nothing is prepared. Here again, holiness and charity are interconnected. 
come with us to the book of Isaiah 58th chapter where we read about God's chosen fast. Look at the seventh words. Sharing your bread with the hungry, house the poor who are cast out, when you see the naked that you cover him, and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then what happens in the eighth words? Then your light shall break forth like the morning, your healing shall spring forth speedily, your righteousness will go before you. Sharing your bread with the hungry and your righteousness going before you. See how holiness and charity are connected. This was the problem of that young ruler who came to Jesus asking what he must do to inherit eternal life. Jesus immediately told him, you obey the commandments. Immediately asked which commandments. And Jesus said, thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Now immediately these men said, all these things I have done from my youthful stage. And what do I still lack? And you know what Jesus said? If you want to become perfect, go and sell what you have, give it to the poor, then come and follow me. That was too much for that young man. Sins of commission, he was able to easily overcome. His problem was in the area of sins of omission. Beloved, that's what exactly the king will do on the last day. He will send some people to the right and some people to the left. How he would call the people on the right, do you know? You righteous people. Whatever I was in need of, the poor were in need of, you immediately supply to them. See how the king is connecting righteousness to practical acts of charity. Turn with us to 2 Corinthians 9 chapter and see how God actually brightens up our righteousness by acts of charity. Look at the ninth verse. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. What is the result? His righteousness remains forever. That is why Apostle James also made it very clear when he was defining what pure religion was. First chapter and 27th words. Pure and undefined religion before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble. I think these words are plentifully enough to convince us that acts of charity and walk of righteousness and holiness are interrelated. We all know about that incident which happened in the family of Cornelius. You know what we read about Cornelius when we begin the 10th chapter of Acts of the Apostles? He was very liberal and generous in almsgiving. And how did God testify about him to Peter? What I have cleansed, you don't call it common. See here, God was linking that uh, cleansing experience to almsgiving. This is what the Bible says. We have to accept it as it is. 
We would like to give you a practical suggestion. As much as we set aside a tenth of our income for God's work, why not we set aside another tenth to exclusively bless the poor people? Perhaps if that is not possible for you, out of what you set aside for God, 50% you can give to God's work, and the other 50%, why don't you give it to the poor? God is always mindful of beggars like Lazarus. Our God is concerned about people who are sleeping in platforms. We can give money and help the poor students to finish their education. There are so many destitutes, absolutely no help in this world. We can extend an arm of help unto them. Beloved, we want to tell you something. Do not always depend upon organizations for doing charity. You can do it personally. You can do it as a family. And charity need not always be connected to evangelism. We must be freed from the motive of doing charity as a bait for conversion. You know why we should help the poor? Because he is poor. That is the only reason. Help the poor because he is poor. Another reason. Our God is a God of the poor. Once again, our God is a God of the poor. And we would like to quickly look at a few more sins of omission before we conclude this talk. We are making a lot of vows to God. God does not force us to make vows unto Him. We voluntarily do it. We fail to fulfill them then it becomes sin before God. Book of Deuteronomy 23rd chapter. We'll read verses 21 and 22. When you make a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay to pay it. For the Lord your God will surely require it of you, and it would be sin to you. But if you abstain from vowing, it shall not be sin to you. So if you don't vow, God is not going to treat it as a sin. If you voluntarily vow and you do not fulfill it, it becomes sin to you. Here is another example of a sin of omission. Beloved, entertaining evil thoughts is definitely a sin of commission. But if we fail to exercise ourselves to maintain Good thoughts, virtuous thoughts, that is sin of omission. What are good thoughts? Philippians 4, chapter 8 words. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. 
It is not enough if you avoid evil thoughts. But also develop and maintain and cultivate good thoughts. Another sin of omission. God is interested in missionary evangelism. He wants every man and woman to come to the knowledge of his son Jesus Christ. If you fail to involve in missions, that is the sin of omission. We will illustrate it from an Old Testament example. Twelve tribes left Egypt to go to Canaan. They crossed the Red Sea. They came to River Jordan. And this side of River Jordan was very green and it was very fertile. There were two tribes by name Gad and Reuben. And they had lots of cattle. So they went to Moses. They told him, don't take us beyond Jordan. This is a good place for our cattle. You know what Moses said? Will your brothers go to war and you will sit idly here? You go with them. You fight the enemies with them. And settle your brothers. And then you come there. If you want, you can settle on this side. If you don't do it, be sure your sin will find you out. Beloved, non-involvement in God's work is sin. Here, the sin confession prayer in the Anglican common book of prayer is very, very meaningful. You know how it reads? We have not done what we ought to, but did what we ought not. In other words, first there is a confession of sins of omission, and then the confession of the sins of commission. How not to sanctify? Do not overlook the sins of omission. God bless you.